Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, last program of the year. Ah. <laughs> what is that? What is that, bro? <laughs> it is the last program of the year of Stay Uncomfortable. This is Johan. It's your boy, O. And um, we are just about to get right into it, bro. I'm about to sneeze. Go ahead, man. I'm not going to edit it out. It went away. It went away. It's going to come back. You know that, right? When it does, I'll be ready. What does that even mean? <laughs> when are you ever ready for a sneeze? I was ready right now. It just didn't come through. Really? Yeah. It was. You were so ready that you just, you turned it back. Turn Yo, it right we back. We haven't recorded in two, like what two weeks? Yeah, this is gonna be the second week. Last week was a little bit hectic. No, it wasn't. Just a little bit. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. I had stuff going on, bro. Last week was a was a hectic week for me. Super hectic week for me. I had to. What what you call it? Work all of those days. Go mad far. Deal with everybody's. You didn't have to work all those days. You was off from like Wednesday to like Thursday to like Tuesday. Mm, no 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 no. Last week I worked the whole week. This week I didn't work Monday or Tuesday. You didn't work Friday. No never mind. You did never mind. Okay. It was it was bad, bro. They sent me to Delaware. Who does that? But. Whatever, whatever, whatever. We're not gonna be talking about work. Hated Tiara. She just joined the live. How you doing? Um, we just want to talk about a couple things here, bro. I know you have a question for me. But I have a question for you before you start with that. Okay. See how we do the, the the spiritually, mentally, physically. Yeah. I want you to do that, but for the whole year, since it's the last one. If you had to average it out. Didn't I do that last week? Nah. Last time. Yeah. Let's do it again, because who cares? Okay. You know? Uh, So the whole year. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I got to think. And I'm going to listen to this, like, from this week and last week to see if you was capping. Okay. Because there can't be too much of a difference in a week. Okay. So spiritually, uh, I give myself for the whole year six. Okay. I don't remember that's what I gave, but I'm not trying to give the same answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am trying to give the same answer. So I'll give myself a six. Spirit. How about, l- let me stop you right there. Let's do it this way. You want to divide it by quarters? Or half and half? Like the beginning of the, of the year towards the end of the okay. year? Okay. All right, let's do that. So in the first six months versus the last six months. Okay. Yeah, The go ahead. first six months spiritually, what is that, up until June? Yeah. Okay, so the first six months, I was like spiritually like a f- Four and a half. Right. The last six months, I give myself like a seven. Okay. So, yeah, the first six months, I was kind of sort of lower, like leaning towards God and, and everything. But, you know, it wasn't until after the summer that I really... I, I actually I, went forward with it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what point he did that shift in me, but yeah. Okay. Um, mentally, emotionally, the first six months, I was like a three. Okay. And then now, now the last six months, I'm like, uh, I'm also like a six. Right. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. I'm like, I was like a six. Sorry. Uh, physically, physically, the first six months... I was like a six. Okay. Now the last six months, I'm gonna say I was 
an eight. Hmm. Or maybe like a seven too. I would say an eight. Really? Uh, yeah. I've gotten a six over like a lot over the last six months. But I've seen your like how far you've come though. What in like fitness? Yeah. Consistency wise. Yeah, I was in college too, and I stopped going for like two months. Hmm. I stopped going for five. And then what was I feel like I'm missing one. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. I think you did them. I think you did them all. Yeah, I think I did them. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll listen to this again and notice, oh, he forgot this one. Yeah. Now, there's a second part to that question. Okay. What can you do so that the at the end of 2024, those averages go up at least by one point? Um, because we have to be goal-oriented. What can I do? Yes. The only thing I can do is really just focus on getting closer to God because more than I already can. More, okay. More than I, I feel like I've already done just because he is, you know, the firm foundation to everything. All right. So so if I had to put something in this journal right here, I'm going to pray for this. Don't tell me closer to God. Okay? That, that's something that we got to do regardless. If you're going to tell me to pray for one thing here so that next year your goals can be achieved, what am I praying for? Let God's will be done. I'm going to throw this book at you. Okay, fine. <laughs> right, let God's will be done. That's okay. <laughs> okay, that's like lazy, bro. It's not lazy. Like, that's really where I, I am know, in life. I, I know that in the surrender type of way, that's that's a really good way to look at things. How <laughs> the way do you think I'm looking at things? I feel like when I say, like, God's will be done, I'm kind of, like, shifting all of the, the work. Okay, for example, I could pray for discipline. Right. Right? So, God's will might be that you get off your butt and be be a little bit more disciplined. I am disciplined. That you be a little bit more consistent. That you be a little bit more, you know, persistent with certain things. Okay, but... Okay. I'm going to pray that God's will be done in your life, bro. How about that? <laughs> I'm going to pray for that. Because it's not a bad prayer. I just feel like you're not thinking about this enough. Like, you're not you're not giving it the, the merit of thought that it I deserves. Just, I just truly, genuinely feel that if I really just take certain things in my life into my own hands, they don't come out as good as if he, when he does it. Right, and, and don't get me wrong, Like we were, we were praying a few minutes ago, and I feel like one of the biggest prayers that I I want to become true is that no matter what, we um we don't take away I want from to God. Know, I want to know, okay, you, want, you got a prayer in that journal? Right. Pray that, pray that, how can I say this? Pray that the season of me waiting is is over. Okay. That is that is what if I want if I'm gonna be honest, my year in order for everything in my year to be above, I need to get all the answers that God has for me. Okay. That's what I need. That's right. what I want. So uh, that's interesting that you say that. I have a question for you. Are you a little bit proactive and in that sense, like, do you are you the type of person that believes that? It's better to sit and wait, or it's better to act in faith as to what God has already promised you. Um, certain things, I think it is better to wait. Okay. And then certain things, of course, I believe also that you got to be proactive in certain things. Because okay. I want to, you know, I'm graduating this year too, and I'm graduating college and stuff. And I want to be able to have a good job. I want to be able to allow this podcast to to expand i want to be able to do maybe buy a house 
Okay. Maybe save up enough money to buy a house, things like that. Mm-hmm. See, those are things that I can work towards. Right. While also trusting in God. Okay. But there's certain things, like maybe more important things, like relationship-wise and things like that, that right now I can't really put my hands on. Okay. Because that's, I can't. That's up to God, basically. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's a reason I'm asking these questions in this format. is because there's something that I've learned from my wife. We can have goals, desires, vague or very specific dreams, whatever the case may be. Right. But the one place that I've failed consistently is to lack planning right it's it's not a sin to make plans no you know and i was one of those people that would or probably still am because i do lack some discipline in many areas i was one of those people that would say it's all in god's hands while that's a true statement i feel like we have to live as though god already said yes right and then we fall into his plan because if we just live about life, oh, God is, is in God's hands, is in God's hands, is in God's hands, we're kind of throwing our hands up in the air at that point. We're, on, we're in a free fall. It's almost like jumping off a plane with a parachute and saying, God will open it whenever he wants us to. Right. You know, I'm not saying that that's you. I'm saying that's basically how I went about life. And I want next year to be different, bro. Oh, me too. I really do. I want, there are certain things I want to happen that I have to work towards. For example, for example, I have been rather inconsistent with my growth on social media platforms, right? Okay. So, for example, this time last year, and this is going to sound crazy, but this time last year, I I only had 80,000 followers on TikTok. By the end, by, by the time this program, this goes up in the air, going to have 384,000. So I gained 300,000 subscribers. Now, that that's not an insignificant growth. However, I'm not going to say that that was because of my consistency. Because I worked on that a little bit. But what about the podcast? What about other social media platforms, such as Instagram with the podcast? What about YouTube that we could have been doing by now? Mm-hmm. There's so many other things that I could have put more time and effort towards. This squeaking is going to drive me nuts. You hear that? I do. Bro, I'm just going to put my hands over here. Anyway, um, there's certain other things that I could have done. And I know that it does require discipline. It does require um, a good worth, work ethic. Right. And that's what I'm going to be praying for. That's what I'm talking about. It's like, okay, God, where did I fail this year? Because, so Because I gave you technically, it was all in your hands. Yeah. But I failed in my work ethic, in my discipline. I wanted to sleep too much. Uh, Steve Harvey said, uh, "Rich people don't sleep." I saw that. Even though a lot of few people said that. Yeah, it's like, how much? How much do we really want things to happen? So, in terms of everything in my life, there's only one thing that I can say. It's a one. It's it's a big thing, but it's a one thing. And I mean, you know what it is. Okay. That I really, that it really is up to him. It really is up to him. Right. Everything else I do plan on, I do have a, somewhat of my fingerprints on it as well, working towards that. Okay, that's good. Like I, you know, like I told you, like this podcast, like right now, this is one of my priorities to again expand it. Mm-hmm. I want to be better at managing my money as well. Yes, yes, bro, you just hit the the nail as well. That's something that literally has been with me since I started in the working field. 
Yeah. Just getting money and just spending it, doing this, doing that, and not really learn, not really managing. Bro, Carmen and I started to like actually go over the numbers of our mismanagement of money, and I was gonna be sick. This man was gonna throw up. I was gonna be like, "There's no way. <laughs> there's there's no way." I made close to. I'm gonna disclose it. I don't care. I'm gonna say. It. I made close to one hundred and ten dollars. One hundred ten dollars. One hundred and ten thousand dollars this year. Close. And I'm still, <laughs> and I'm still in debt. How does that make sense? How does that make any sense? Bad money management. Bad money management, and that is unbecoming of a man. And I have to admit that I have to be very clear. That is not that is not something that a man who is on his game, disciplined, and has God in his heart should be doing, because God does call us to be good stewards of what He gives us. I know that most of these things, yes, I work hard, but it, but it's not my merits, you know. Yeah. It, it's it's more about what does God want me? How does God want me to administer this money, bro? If I gained three hundred thousand dollars in a year, and God says give half of it away, and I do it, I'm going to be way more successful than me gaining four hundred thousand dollars and me just spending whatever I want to. True. And I feel like I forget that I'm supposed to be managing this in a way in in a spiritual way not just a physical way like where is this money going towards what is every dollar doing for me and when you said money management my heart just dropped because it's true it is very true yeah i mean that's, that's probably something you were gonna say but now that we're on the topic you might as well just give your your recap of the sure. year yeah, yeah so for the year uh, i'm gonna start with physically the first half of the year i'm gonna say it was started off as a one ended the first half as a five because we was going to the gym right Right, the second half I started off as a six and ended off back at a three because I stopped going to the gym. So there's consistency that I need to work on. Right, spiritually I'm gonna say started off at a two point five because I was just in a in a in a place where I was lost. You know, I know that God still had me. I was still trying to seek God, but it wasn't like in a consistent way, in an intentional way. Okay. The second half, um, I feel like God said that's enough. You know where you belong. This is your home, and I don't know where you're running. Right. So it's I've been a lot more inclined to to seek God, even you know on and off, when I'm driving, when I'm here, wh- wherever I am, not just in church. Right. So, and I'm praying with my wife a lot more. So there's that. Um, and also for the past couple of weeks, we've been praying here before the podcast and i feel like that has been a bit a bit of a of a help it's been really good um so I, i'm gonna say i start out the year 2.5 i'm gonna end it at a six 6.8 something like that i'm gonna start giving numbers like decimals because that's fine and emotionally i'm gonna say it was it's been pretty steady throughout the whole year with a few you know disappointments here and there but um i'm gonna say I, i've been at a good six for the whole year emotionally now for the next year to to do better i feel like the one thing that i can't pray for besides giving everything to god putting everything in god's hands i say that that's a bad thing it's really not a bad thing you do say that (laughs) it's a good thing but i feel like the one thing i'm going to pray for is consistency and discipline i have to be disciplined with everything that i do Discipline with reading the Bible, reading the reading the Word of God is a pleasure, but at the same time, sometimes it does take 
discipline to actually get off your butt, get and off your takes, phone. And it takes time. You know? When and I was young and I, and I used to like read the Bible, like I used to just read it, read it like a book. Like I would just breeze through a chapter. But now that I'm older and I really study, like it mm-hmm. takes me like two hours to get through to like one chapter. Which is good because you're, you know, you're dissecting it in a manner that yeah. it should be. When I was younger, I would read the Bible just to say, well, I read today. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, I got it over with today. And that's not the type of reading that God wants us to do. Like, if we really think about it, this is, these are his thoughts plastered in a way that are understandable for us, that we can interpret them. Because if we were to really dive into the mind of God, who's going to understand that? None of us. So God went out of his way, gave us his thoughts in a way that we could interpret them, that our souls can resonate with and our spirit can recognize. And at the end of the day, we have that at our hand, at our fingertips. And we refuse to put in a little bit of effort and say, what does God, what, what is God thinking about? What is, what does he think about me? How can I make it through this day? Like if we could actually like have that attitude, how can I make it through this day without knowing what God thinks? It would be, everything is about perspective. The gym, physically, discipline. I got to have discipline and consistency. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, I have to be a little bit more disciplined with my emotions. You know, recognizing them, acknowledging them. They are good. Yeah. But they are a terrible guide. They can be. You know, I can't let my anger justify outbursts of yeah. anger. Exactly. You feel me? Uh, there are good ways that I can channel my anger. For example, if I'm, I can get mad at my body for my physique and like I'm angry that I'm in this way. I, I feel this way. And I look this way. About it. And actually use that anger to do something about it. Right. You know, I want to be, I want to be angry enough at my financial situation that I look at my bank account and I said, we're not buying a mint this year. We're not buying nothing. If it's not going to be for the betterment of our financial situation. And I feel like this is how men, we have to start thinking, right? I do believe that there's a problem with manhood and masculinity in this country, in in the whole world, let's put it that way. It's been on a decline for as far as I can see, because I look back two, three generations, my father, my grandfather, or grandfathers, and I see how uh, how they viewed the world. They weren't perfect by any means, but... When they made money, they made sure that everything was taken care of. Mm-hmm. They made sure that they weren't wasting their day away on a TV. They made sure that if they, if there was work available, they was in there. They was making it happen. That's another thing I want for twenty twenty four. I want to I want to work harder. I yes. want to I want to stop like leaving work early. I want to like put in overtime. Yeah. Like I want to do you know I want to do I I want I want to be able to have that drive and that. You know, that God gave me the strength to be able to do that. And every time they put, like, the leave early, pay the VTO paper mm-hmm. to just not sign it and just, you know. Especially while we're young, bro. That's what I'm saying. Especially in the season that I'm in of, like, I don't got to take care of anything, really. Right. Like, so, you, you just got to do whatever you can, not what you have to at exactly. this point. And I feel like I, I look at them, um, for example, my my uh, wife's brother-in-law's, which is, Again, she calls them her brothers. They they tell me stories about how they used to work. Like, they would go to church, get out, sleep in a car for three, four hours, and go right to work. Unload a bunch of trailers by hand, putting mad heavy boxes on their shoulders. They would do that for hours, for like 12-hour shifts. And I'm like, 
they were the same age that I am right now. They were married. They were whatever. They were the same age, even younger than what I am right now. Mm-hmm. And they were doing it. And we don't even got the same jobs because I, I, I unload and load trucks, but I do it with a forklift. Yeah, and I drive a truck. Like, as as as... As hard as that might sound, because it's not an easy job, I am sitting for most of the day. Yeah. You know, I'm going super far, but I'm still sitting. I'm working 14-hour shifts, but I'm sitting. And I'm thinking to myself, what if we saw it from a perspective of maybe we should earn our rest? I shouldn't have to want to just put my feet up every day. Oh, I did what I had to do. Mm -mm. Because that reflects in every aspect of our lives. And we feel like we, oh, VTO, I earned it. I could go home, (laughs) X, Y, Z. No, because then that'll reflect onto my household when I see, let's say, Carmen doing everything here. And I'm like, I work today. She can handle that. Oh, X, Y, Z. It's her home, too. She'll take care of it. And, and. I mean, there is a t- there there is a time for everything, including rest, and, and I think it, it's yeah. I think it's up to us to figure out when that time is, mm-hmm. and that also has to has to be a non negotiable for us sometimes. Precisely, because sometimes we do have the the rest days, mm-hmm. but we still rather just spend them at least a few hours resting, doing other things that we don't really need to be doing. Precisely, precisely. No time man- management and. and- for example, there are days where I want to do stuff, and Carmen says, "Baby, it's okay. I got it. You know, put your feet up. You worked yeah. hard." And but those aren't every day because there's still things that have to be done. Yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of men who encourage us men to be a little bit less focused on resting and more focused on getting things done. And you rest when that happens, you know. And um, with that being said, I do want to go into today's topic because. Um, I feel like this year, we have to set ourselves up for success when it comes to being good husbands. You know, it is the last program of the year. You're not going to hear us next week. But if you listen to us today, we're going to give you five things that you can do. Well, I'm not going to say five. I don't know. You say they're not going to hear us next week? Oh, I mean, next week is going to be 2024. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so if you listen to us this week... You're already going to have a good start for 2024 to be better husbands. Uh, I said five. I'm not sure we're going to make it to the five ones, you know. But I mean, if we do, we do. If we do, we do. But um, these are just a couple things, and we're going to go talking about them, that we can do to be better husbands for the next year. And the way I phrased it was five things we have to stop doing. Mm. Because we are, most of us are already doing these things. And it's not even a proactive thing, oh, I have to start doing this. No, just... Knock this off, and you'll already be a better husband for the next year. All right? Let's start straight shooting for the first one. Let's go. Number one, we have to stop leading the work, leaving the workload of the home to our wives. What do you think about that? So what does that look like? It looks like the wife is taking care of 85 to 90% of the, of the household. Of the so housework. That includes cleaning, cooking, washing dishes, doing laundry. And sometimes taking out the trash, handyman work, things that I believe the man should be doing. I agree, too. I mean, last week you said it. Um, you believe in, in we believe in, in gender roles. Mm-hmm. And I do, too. Like, as much as as much as you want to look at here and be like, oh, everything's 50-50, because when I was younger, I had the mentality. It's like, okay, if there's 10 chores in the house, five are yours, five are mine. You right. pick. It's really like, okay, the everybody in the house does everything. Right. But yes, certain things 
taking out the trash, for example, mm-hmm. is one of them that just pertain to a man. Yeah. Mowing the lawn. That's a man's job. That's a man's job. Anything that he's fixing, that's, that's a, a man's, man's job. job. Yes. Now, if you want to do these things, minus the trash, because that's dumb. If you want to do these things together as a couple, that's, that's, that's a whole different thing. That's great. Because when I used to mow the lawn, yeah, when I used to when, when I used to mow the lawn, um, she used to help me. Yeah. Sometimes she'll cut the hedges with like a big scissors or whatever, mm-hmm. and we used to do it together. And the it used to get done quicker, and the yard used to look nicer. And it's fun. And it's fun, bro. Do you see how my yard got with all those leaves? Yeah, all the follies. Yeah, Carmen and I, we did that together. I I raked them all, but the next day I'm like, babe, let's. You want to do it together? And it was a fun time. But if she would have said, no, it's baby, I'm a, I'm a little bit tired. That was still my job yeah, to get it done. Still your job to get it done. It is still my job to get it done. So I think I think men have, like we just gotten weight really comfortable with with not being not we're not doing things in the household just because either we are the man or because we're the ones working, we're the breadwinners. Right. So we do the bare minimum, just bring the money in. Mm-hmm. We look at the kitchen sink, there's like nothing there. You put one cup there and even then you still don't do it. Yeah. And it's just we're we're, we're neglecting we're neglecting the household and we're neglecting the our partners as as how we should also help them. Exactly. And you know I feel like if we stop looking at it from a perspective of I want to help you, this is my house too. Yeah. Right? Um, if God would have never created Eve, Adam would have had to take care of absolutely everything. Yeah. Because it was his job first. And that does translate into the household. I don't care how many things have been going on. You know, I feel like if you take care of what you have to take care of and she takes care of what she has to take care of, Whatever is left to take care of should be both of your jobs. Yeah. I feel. But at the end of the day, you know, you get home from work and you see a pile of dishes in the sink and you see that your wife is super tired. Bro, help. Hop in there. Hey, baby, you want me to take care of this for you? Hey, baby, you want both of us to do this? It's real simple. Or just... Don't do it that day. Do it the next day. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you have to gauge it. You have to be a little bit consistent and, and intentional about doing it. But the point is you cannot leave the workload of the home to your wife. And that also comes with um, just adding on to that, the uh, children. Well, we- that's, that's, that's another point we're going to get to. It's a little bit more specific, but we're going to get to that one too. Well, okay. You can, you can say it now if you, if you don't want to forget it. Yeah, because I might. Like just you know, I see way too many times. I I see um, I see like as, as long as the child is in a good mood, like the child or the baby's in a good mood, the father will happily carry it, yeah, and spend time with it. And but as soon as the tantrums start, as soon as you know the crying starts, it's like oh, hand it over to the mom. Here's your child. Mm-hmm. Here's your child. Yeah, and I think that's part of the. Like we don't want to call the child work, but that's part of that's part of it. No, no, say being it. a parent is work. It's work. It is work. And here's the thing: I have been privileged enough to see both examples. I've seen examples of what a father should look like, as in he doesn't take that. He his kids are just as much his as the wives, and they take care of those kids. And I've also seen men neglect those kids, all under the guise of I I work, I provide. That's his mom. That's her mom. She can take care of it. She can do whatever she wants to. And that's wrong because you had just as much participation in making that kid. So why is all of the workload falling on her? Now, I'm going to say this. Naturally, 
at the beginning stages of the child's life, there's going to be a tighter connection to the mother. Right. That is natural. Reason being, she's breastfeeding. She, she's the one that's always there, you know, skin to skin contact when they're first born, which men should do that too. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, there's going to be a, a, a tighter connection to the mother. However, in the developmental years of that child, when they're growing up, when the father should be teaching that kid, giving them life lessons, taking them wherever he goes. Obviously, you're not going to take them to work when they're three years old. But basically, being intentional, being present in that kid's life, you're going to see the, the shift of the connection, the shift focus over to the father. And that's where fatherly love actually comes in, you know? Um, I was gracious, well, what's the word I'm looking for? I was lucky enough, blessed enough to have a father that was always involved from the beginning. He was never disengaged with, with me. He was never, um, and we're twins, so there's two of us. He was never, like, taking a back seat with us. Right. Oh, mommy's doing something? There's papi doing whatever he has to do. Sometimes he didn't even let mommy have to be the one to do it. By the time, I don't know if my mom went somewhere, we were we were bathed, we were fed, we were chilling watching the baseball game with him in bed. Right. So we had a present father. And just so you know, for those of you who don't know, fatherlessness, in my opinion, is the absolute biggest problem in this country. Fathers, fatherlessness. Let it be absent fathers. Uh, fathers who pass away at a young age, fathers who are pr- in prison, the lack of a father. And the fathers who have the desire and want to but can't because of salty be- baby mamas. Yeah. I think I'm going to touch on that for a quick second right after Go I say ahead. this. But absentee fathers are the biggest problem in this country. So much so, I'm going to say seven, eight, nine times out of ten. If you do not have a father in your life, when you're a child, that is going to dictate the course of your life unless you do something active about it to correct it. Because at the end of the day, the statistics the, the statistics are there. Uh, people without fathers that grow up without fathers are most likely to end up in jail. Right. Most likely to end up divorced. Most likely to end up killing themselves. Sorry to put that out there, but it's just a true fact. Uh, most likely to end up in situations where, uh, where they don't want to be ending up. Right? Now... To talk to the baby moms real quick. <laughs> I have to say this because I actually have seen this happen in real life. Yeah, I can and, imagine. And, yeah. it, and it does bother me. Um, stop using those children as bait to get that man to do what you want him to do. Stop using those children, period. It doesn't matter that you didn't choose right. It doesn't matter how he hurt your feelings. It doesn't matter that maybe you feel neglected, X, Y, Z. And it certainly shouldn't matter that he has now moved on and is with another woman, that he's treating how you would have wished he treated you. Those are all things of the past. Do not let your children be the collateral of your pettiness. Yep. Because you're robbing your kids of a blessing. For real. If your kids grow up without that man because of you, because of this, this man wants to be there, but now you're the one that's standing in the way of him spending quality time with mm-hmm. it, with the kids. You're holding them hostage for some child support. You you are literally setting those kids up for failure. I think it's important to remember that it's not it's not just as men 
because you know the whole point was the 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 workload thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's important as men to just try to break that generational cycle and just be an example. Yes, because I mean, it it, it all grows. It, it all goes back to just being the single staging and learning how to take care of something, take care of a home. Yeah, when you're somebody, for example, in my example, when I moved, I moved out from my parents' house, you know, with my wife. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't have that in between space of living on my own that where I had no choice but to take care of something. Yeah, whether it be myself and my household, I didn't. Ha- I didn't. I didn't have that. So it's like, she, my you know, my wife came from a home that that she was like mom number two. Right. She cooked. She cleaned. She did everything at a young age. So she had to learn that. And I have always kind of been coddled at a young age. So it's like. As much as I did stuff in the household, there were things that because obviously I was already I was like a clean person. Yeah. So I had to I I did my laundry, I did the dishes, but there was I feel like I spent so much of my time playing games and sitting in front of a computer and not actually doing the things that I was not told that I needed to be doing. Okay. The things that just as a man I can just look at and be like, okay, that needs to get done, that needs to get fixed, that needs to get taken care of, and instead I would just be like. Well, I'm going to do it tomorrow or I'm going to do it later. And I understand now when my wife would get home after a 10-hour shift and she would see me in the same place that she left me at. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what have you done today? Right. And then I just go ahead and give a bare minimum immature answer like, well, I did the dishes. That's yeah. what you asked me to. Like, doesn't that sound like a real mom-to-son answer? Bro, and uh, to speak on that, I feel like there's no bigger turnoff in a woman than seeing her man sitting on his ass doing nothing. Doing nothing. And like, even though I did what she asked me to. That's still not enough. That's still not enough because there was still more. Bro, let's let's think about this a little bit outside of the box, right? Let's say that you did everything in the house. Let's say that she got home and she found absolutely nothing. You cooked. You cleaned. Yeah. Let's say you did all of that. What did you do to better yourself as a man that day? What did you do to further your goals? I know this is gonna sound real forex, bro. Oh, bro, you gotta open up another. Like your, like your individual goals. Yeah, what did you do to get closer to God that day? What did you do to, to? Bro, nothing. Like, unless exactly. you, unless you're, unless you're a man who really has discipline and is intentional. The only thing that I could say back then that I would do is probably just go to the gym. Right, and don't get me wrong, that is no small feat because at the end of the day, going to the gym is not. Um, Consistently like that is not the easiest thing. Right. Especially for those of us who have not developed that discipline. Right. Right? At this point, it's easy for you because you miss not going to the gym. If you don't, if you can't go to the gym in a week, I'm going to see it on your face. Yeah. You're like, damn, bro. So it's like, and, and, and it's so beneficiary when you take time out of your day to read a book or just do something that do something that is good for your mental health and do something that's good for your character. Yes. Because not only does it benefit you, but it benefits your wife. Exactly. You have to think about the people that you are affecting. Because you're one thing about being a husband that we don't talk about enough, we're affecting our wives regardless, either, either in a good way or in a negative way. Mm-hmm. So our actions directly influence the atmosphere in our homes. Well, it isn't transformed, it's transferred. Ooh, that's true. What isn't transformed is transferred. Yeah. Are you fixing your outlook on life? As in, if you're all mopey and depressed in your home, giving about, you know, oh, we don't have any money. We haven't gone on vacation in three years. Oh, the, the car is always breaking down. It's almost like it looks at my paycheck. Then when it sees that I get money, boom, blown tire. Be like that. 
if we're always in 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 this negative outlook on life, that is automatically going to transfer over to our wives mm-hmm. because we are the head of the household. Mm-hmm. And I do feel that there's a hierarchy that God has established where the way things are at the head is going to flow all the way down and is going to mess yeah. everything up or fix everything. So at this point in our lives, we have to stop being the ones who um, are messing things up. Mm-hmm. It's okay to acknowledge a problem, to of acknowledge, course. you know, it's, I'm not saying not to acknowledge your feelings. If you feel uncomfortable about something, make it known. Or if you feel for as a man, like if you feel stressed out, let it be known. Cause too, too many times the lack of communication is so deteriorating and slowly, slowly it starts it starts breaking down a relationship and then then you, there's no talking be, because mm-hmm. as a man we take in so much stress and we decide to not speak about it Bro. that then when we act out and we treat our wives a certain way they want to know why come on they want to know why and we because we don't want to express or because we don't want to say or because we want to put on the tough act yep now we start treating them a certain way and all they want to do is just help us. And we really think that we're being noble with that. We really, like, we convince ourselves, oh, I'm exactly. just going to tough up. I'm going to hold it, it all in because I have to keep the fort. It'd be Bro. so easy if if something broke in the house and let's say as a man, I'm just like, dang, I got to fix this. I got to fix this. Hey, babe, or like, what's wrong? I see that in your face that you're, that you're I'm, I'm just a little stressed. This thing on the wall, blah, blah, blah. This is what's going on. And, you know, I got to fix it and it takes money. Yeah, but that's nothing. Can how, I, how, how much is it? Can I testify Maybe about we that? We can. We can go ahead. Go I'm, I'm going to testify about that. There have been times when that same exact thing happens, right? Right. And I have both chosen both to keep it in, right? And I've chosen to let it out. The times that I've chosen to keep it in, it becomes an extended unnecessary issue. But the times that I've told chosen to talk to Carmen about it. I'm like, oh, babe, it's, it's just that car, man. Uh, I don't even know what to do anymore. She's like, okay, breathe. It's not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. What has to be done? Oh, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Bro, by the end of the conversation, we have a solution, and by the end of the week, it's fixed. And by the end of the conversation, you feel a lot better Hell yes. Of course I do. Because I don't, I'm not retaining all of that unnecessary stuff. But I'm going to tell you right now, this year, I have experienced... The highest levels of stress that I've ever experienced in my whole life. Mm-hmm. When I look back at it, I notice how unnecessary it was. Many times, and actually, I'm going to be very hot, open, and transparent. What is it? honest, open, and transparent right now? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be hot. Many of those times, I have decided not to communicate my feelings and stress to my wife. And it has ended up in uncomfortable and ugly arguments. Because she's like, where is this coming from? Yeah. What's happening? You, We were fine right now. Mm-hmm. Why are you reacting in such a way to such a small thing? And then I go, well, X, Y, Z. And I just give her the whole spiel. Everything that I could have unloaded, you know, little by little. Yeah. I just, And you know what she told me that I actually had to reflect on? She's like, I wish that you would stop treating me like I'm the last resort. She said, I wish you would tell me things up front. And you would remember that I'm your wife. Mm. Because if you were to keep that in mind, you would know that I am here to help you. I'm here to help you carry those levels of stress. And sometimes if you would talk to me, it wouldn't even become a stressful situation. All you would have to do is talk about it. And we're, we we fail at that a lot because we didn't grow up with that. Honestly, like don't get me wrong, I had excellent parents. Mm-hmm. But then when I started experiencing stress, high school, I want to say, I was going to talk to my parents about my stress. Yeah. I wasn't ver- uh, well-versed in talking to my friends about that stuff. 
We were kids. What were we thinking about? Getting, spending money that we didn't have, girls that didn't like us, and, and just graduating. And graduating high school. That's all we were focused on. Yeah. So the art of communicating our feelings has not been something that men have been educated on. Exactly. And that's a problem. Very big. And now, even at this stage of our marriages, we're still experiencing these things. So uh, yeah, I know it started off as not leaving the workload of the home to your wife, but part two, point number two is actually we have to stop taking our bad days out on our wives. What are we talking about? Is That's exactly, exactly it. Exactly like what we're talking about. We do have to stop that because um, men, listen to me right now. Your home should be your sanctuary. Your home should be where your peace is. It should be your escape from the world. You know? In fact, in fact, I feel like your home should be your world and everything else you're working to make that better. Mm-hmm. What does it look like when you're constantly taking out your crappy days, your boss's incompetence, heavy workloads, um, bad moods? What what does it look like when you're constantly taking that out on your wife and kids? Not even in a physical way, because if that's if that's what you're doing, this is not the program for you. But if you're taking like in an emotional way, you're berating her with your words, you're being immature with or your you're, responses. You're neglecting her. Now you no longer want to touch her or be near her. Exactly. What does it look like when that happens? Well, it looks like it just looks like you're setting yourself up and self sabotaging yourself. Mm-hmm. To then later on still gonna have to if you're really you know, mostly intelligent enough, you later on either apologize or later on let it become something that in the far, far future in a divorce office can be turned against you. Yeah. And can, you, and can be reminded of. That's true. But I, I, Let me just word it this way. Your wife does not deserve that. No. First and foremost. She loves you. You love her. I'm not putting your love in doubt, by the way. I just want you to know I'm not, I'm not putting the love that you have towards your wife on any doubt. What I'm saying is she doesn't deserve to be at the receiving end of your anger. She doesn't deserve to be at the receiving end of your immaturity, of your heavy, stressful days. What she does deserve is a place at the table where you can talk to her about these things. Not Don't make her be the punching bag, but she can be an outlet for you. And also, I feel like this, you know when this starts to happen, I feel? I feel like when men start to say that their outlet is a video game. Their outlet is a phone. Their friends. Friends. Anything that Other is women. besides their wives. Why? Why do we do that? Bro, because ever since we're... Ever, I feel like ever since we're kids, that's what is just instilled in us. Notice how... And, and it's funny because yesterday I was on Instagram and I was, watching a, I was watching a video, a reel, and it was a guy. He reenacted what it looks like when a child gets in trouble and he got into his room and he was like throwing a tantrum, like choking right. himself, talking about, well, I'm going to leave the house, I'm going to do this. Since then, oh, it kind of lo- looks like that is just how we handle the anger and stress. Mm-hmm. We lock ourselves in our room up here and that's where we let it all out. But then once we get out of the head and out of the room physically, then it's like, <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So this is, and we still don't vocalize it. No, we, we don't. just let time pass by, have it suppressed. Another something happens like a week ago. Mm-hmm. You're just adding on to the, what happened a week ago that nobody ever apologized for. That nobody that you feel didn't feel the need to even communicate. Exactly. 
So now we're back to now, now we just got a whole bunch of a whole bunch of baggage, a whole bunch of anger just built up. And you're just living like it's normal mm-hmm. when it's really not. I feel like that happens when we also don't have good friends that tell us that that's not normal. Because I have to say, many of the course corrections that I've done across my life is because I've had friends call me out and be like, yo, what are you doing? That, that's not right. That's not becoming of a man. Shout out to Johnny Peppin, by the way. I mean, we always say good friends. Good friends are very beneficial to, to, to marriages. Of course. I feel like good friends are pivotal. In your yeah. life, especially when it comes to relationships, because a good friend, or here's the thing, an acquaintance, a quote-unquote friend, right. does, he'll tell you, nah, bro, you're good. I'll be here whenever you need me. Right? Right. A good friend will tell you, bro, you need to get your crap together because you're going to lose something that you really love. So you can have both, though. You can have both in the same person. You can. You can, right? But what I'm saying is, if you, if they were two different people and you had to choose one to value... It should be the one that's correcting you, not the one that's coddling your behavior. I mean, yeah. Because at the end of the day, that that first friend, the failure in that person is that they're not acknowledging where you're messing up. Just for the sake that you're his friend, on the on the guise of that you're his friend, he's saying, whatever, bro. But we also got to acknowledge the fact that not everybody's equipped enough to do that. I get that. Which is where you have to do some correction. Who are your friends? You are the sum of the five people they spend the most time with. Right. So, if three of those people look like enablers, it's whatever, bro, I got you. So, so I was that friend. Okay. But you never cut me off. Okay, but there's a difference, though. Because it's one thing to cut you off, and it's another thing not to encourage certain behavior. Right. And I feel like we have both been that person, you know? I feel like we've we've both been the person to... to um. At the end of the day, not cut each other off. Does yours look like that? Yeah. Um, I feel like we've both been the person to be um a little bit uh soft with each other. Right. And I feel like you can have that in both friends. Yeah. You but, can. At the, but at the end of the day, if you're not willing to at least be like, yo, bro, what the Because that comes with maturity. That comes with being a man and not a kid. Because when we're kids, everything everything is fair game. Right. Whatever. Do whatever we're going to do. But when you're a man, you have to be a person of integrity. Especially if it means that your friend group is going to be affected. I feel like we have to watch over the five people that we're closest over. We do. Because they affect us directly. Yeah. And like I said, I just think... And that, I'm so grateful for... I'm so grateful for um this time of isolation that God has placed me in because it really has allowed me to it really has allowed me to as a man really get in touch with that side of me which again as what we were talking about earlier fatherless activity right which as a man who didn't really grow up with a father and the ones that were in the household like the quote-unquote role models they all it was the same thing it was generational they didn't know how to express themselves either right so I'm so grateful for for like I said the season of isolation that I'm in now that I have that I'm I'm able to that God has given me the desire to want to know more than just surface level stuff right. to know that there's more deeper to being a husband to being a friend to being a boyfriend to being this than just physically being there for somebody but knowing what to say and and knowing when to say it and how to say it 
Exactly. Is vital. And bringing that back to the point, getting all of that clear in our heads is what's going to allow us to um, give our wives better reactions. Yeah. Or, or I should say responses, because we can either react or we can respond. Yeah. If we're constantly berating them with how we feel and not giving them access to how we feel, because there's a difference. We can we can hit them with what we feel or how we feel, or we can be like, hey, listen, this is what what's going on. Yeah. This is why I've been acting X, Y, Z. Exactly. You no, know, for the past few hours, this is why I haven't really been in a very in a very cuddling mood. I've just I've been in my head about this and I've been in my head about that. What if she is a good wife? All she's gonna do is understand and let you know that she's here ready for whenever you are ready to speak. And not just that. If you do that constantly, right, consistently, there's gonna come a point in your life when you're not even gonna have to say, "Babe, I'm going through this." this and that she's gonna say i already knew because your constant communication has shown me what your stressful days look like but you got to be a safe partner you do and this is for the sections for the wives yeah you know if if you're going to be if you want a man who communicates if you want an emotionally intelligent man then you have to be an emotionally intelligent woman that knows how to handle things that you might not want to hear yep for example, let's put it this way. Let's let's give a re- a very real example. Go for it, <sighs> babe. Why are you so distant from me? Well, do you really want to know, babe? I feel like lately I have been communicating my issues to you, and you've been dismissive of me. And at work, there are some friends. Some of them are women that listen to me. And sometimes, honestly, I I, I feel sorry to say this. I'd rather talk to them than talk to you because they listen to me and you don't. Now, you can either feel jealous, offended, and downright cheated on. And completely ignore. And ignore what he just told you. Because he just said to you. And make it about you. Exactly. He didn't say, listen to me. He didn't say that he wants to talk to other women about his problems. That's not what this man just said. He said, because of your neglect... He feels obligated to direct his attention to other people. Some of them happen to be women. So at this point, you can either take that and be offended and further push this man towards other people, Mm -hmm. towards the woman that he's talking about, Mm -hmm. or you can take some ownership of your downfalls as a wife and acknowledge that you can be a little bit more caring. This is not when you fight him. This is when you apologize. Exactly. In the future... You can connect to him, or even in that moment, he can ask you, because I would ask my wife this, does that make you feel some type of way? I'll give her the the, the space in the conversation to express herself, mm-hmm. right? She might say yes, she might say no, she might say I don't know. But if he doesn't do that to you in the future, you can say, I did feel a certain type of way because of X, Y, Z. But then, hopefully, you can say, but then I changed I acknowledged that I wasn't doing it right, and I saw how you actually did confide in me once again. Yeah, so there's there's also this generation of of men, this this lump sum of men who just who even in the case where their wife feel a certain way, and this bothers me so much when I hear like certain people around me say it, then they say, you know what, I can tell that she's mad, and in Spanish, yo no bajo de con eso. That's so bad. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bother. I'm not gonna bother myself, my peace, to try to fix that by fixing what you got going on. Mm-hmm. 
Bro, what? That's it. Do you know what really bothers me about that statement? The fact that it might be the, his fault entirely that she's yeah. feeling that way. Yeah. Oh, X Y Z. So and so. She just. She's just over emotional. Mm-hmm. She's just over dramatic. She's just. What? You're, that's what you're there for. Not because she's this reason, but you're there to listen. You're there to listen. You're there to comfort. Because, you know, men can do that too. It's right. not just a woman thing to comfort people. It's not just a woman thing to, to you know, to be able to, to you know, rub somebody on the shoulder and, and on the back and just let them know that you're there. No. Gender roles might be a thing for, for, for chores. But when it comes to somebody's emotional well-being, that's an, that's an all-gender thing. Exactly. That's a love thing. It is. At the end of the day, do you not care about your wife's emotional state? That's what. That's the question that you really have to ask. And these be the first guys to be like, "Oh, but I love my wife. She knows I love her." Mm, does she really? That was me. No, like you have to ask yourself. I'm sorry for the guys that are listening. You guys are great. I'm talking about me here. We're we're just being open right here, you know, uh, because I've I've been in a in a not not now, but in the yeah. past, I've been on the boat where I feel like. XYZ will sort itself out. Right. It'll it'll take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And that's not what our wives signed up for. If they wanted to take care of their own things by themselves, they would have stayed single. Yeah, because they had the choice. Exactly. We, as the priests of the household, act as a bridge for our families to get closer to God. Mm. That does include emotional counseling. Yes, sir. It includes, hey, baby, what's going on? And either reason you're feeling like this. And, bro, if I'm you, sorry. If you can't do it, don't get married. No, no. If you can't do it and you're married and you can't do it because you yourself don't know how, take the initiative and say, hey, let's get counseling. Exactly. Y'all, y'all be so scared of counseling. I'll put it this way. If you're if you're not married and you're, ju- you're just straight up unwilling to do that, don't get married. However, if you are married and you just never thought that this is something you had to do, then this is when you actually either seek help. Talk mm-hmm. to people who are experienced. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even necessarily counseling because a lot of people are afraid of that. There's nothing wrong with counseling. It's a beautiful thing. But if you're not ready for that stuff just yet, talk to men who have good track records of marriage. Mm-hmm. Ask them how they take care of their wives when they're feeling down. What do they do? What do they ask? What are the questions that they ask? How do they do it in a way that doesn't feel like they're attacking them, but in a way that they feel comfortable and safe enough to talk to us and say, hey, listen... I just, I feel like you're not here. Yeah. I feel like sometimes you're here, but you're not really here. Sometimes I feel like I do all of this for you and you neglect me. There are going to be some answers that you're not going to want to hear, bro. But Mm -hmm. these are the things that you need to hear because she's giving you literally direct points that you can work on and make her life better. Like I say, man, in the in the vows, when people when people always talk about relationships and marriage and they say, oh, I want to I want to grow old with this person. But then it's like it's I want to grow old. It's not I just want to I just want to get old. Yeah. You grow. And in order to grow, you have to go through un- uncomfortable times and uncomfortable conversations in order to grow. Yeah. That's how you grow. Mm-hmm. If you never want to have this conversation ever again, address it now. So that way you don't have to address it next week and then next week. And then next week, you're and not- then in front of your children, and then in front of somebody else. <laughs> and then she blows up at the barbecue, and everybody's asking what's going on. You know, I'm going to rephrase what you just said. If you never want to have this conversation again, don't. It's all in your hands. Don't. If, if she got upset at something that you did, didn't do, neglected her in a certain way, and this is a very uncomfortable conversation, and you never want to have it again, don't. 
you already have all of the pointers that you need to follow to make sure that this doesn't happen. Yeah. Now, if you just apologize to get her off your off your back, aka apologizing without any intent to change, on this side of the of the field, we call that manipulation. Yes, sir. And the last thing you want to get caught doing is manipulating your wife, and it's very easy to catch on to. All she has, all she needs, is two instances of the same pattern repeating itself. Mm-hmm. Two. You told me that you weren't going to be texting other women that you know damn well I have a problem with. That you know damn well that you have a problem with. You told me that you weren't going to be watching porn anymore. You know that damn well they have a problem with that. You could have come to me. Hey, babe, I fell into this. Mm-hmm. Instead, you decided to hide it. And I we usually give the benefit of the doubt and the excuse of whether or not they're a safe partner. But right. there are times where they are safe partners and the man still chooses to hide that. You know? Yeah. So if you're at that point, if you're apologizing, oh, I'm sorry, I won't do it. And you know that your wife could help you and you're manipulating her with your apology. At least admit that you have an issue. Oh, baby, it was a one-time thing. You've been doing it every day behind her back. Yep. What's going on? So at the end of the day, if you want to be caught in manipulation, all she needs is two instances of the same pattern repeating itself. Babe, you promised me you wouldn't do it again. Here you go again. Here's where I'm going to give a little bit of leeway. I know that there are men who have certain disciplinary issues with certain things. For example, habits. You don't, you didn't grow up with the habit of being, let's say, a clean man, right? Mm-hmm. Your mother was always picking things up for you. You had siblings that maybe while they were cleaning, they took care of your mess. Fill in the blank. That kind of led you down a path to not have ownership over your home, to not want to fix things, to not want to do X, Y, Z. And now you're a grown-ass man that maybe you know how to do certain things, but you just don't have the drive to do so because you were never, right? Now, I understand that. Maybe you say, oh, I won't do it again, or at least you're going you're gonna to work on it. And it doesn't immediately look like you worked on it. Fine. But you need to have at least a one one percent improvement. Yeah, definitely. Daily, at least a one percent improvement. Oh, I don't know how to do something, bro. Do you know how resourceful YouTube is? <laughs> YouTube is. I've learned how to do things on YouTube. Things that I oh, how to change. I don't know brakes on a car. Don't have the money to change it. Do it yourself. For by the way, I'm just gonna give a little bit of a plug for for a life hack for those of you who don't know. If you buy. Duralast brake pads in AutoZone. I think it's the gold ones. The ones that suck? No, no, no. They don't suck. Well, yeah. Anything AutoZone sells is garbage. Well, bro, listen. I don't know. Okay, I'm but just... go on. If you buy that and you get it with the warranty, you will never have to buy brake pads ever again in your life. Because you can take the old ones right back to them and they will refund you for the purchase of the new ones. Or you take the old ones before you change them and they'll give you new ones right there. That's what it is. So that way, if you learn how to change your brakes, you can have free brakes forever. Now, if it's the rotor, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Spend yeah. some money. You know, it's maintenance. Do your what you got to do. knowledge is limited to just the brakes. No, no, no. Well, brakes, rotors are part of it. What I'm saying, if, if it's the rotors that are bad, I'm not sure if you have to buy them. What I'm saying is... <laughs> say you're on your own. What I'm saying is, do what you got to do. Change those brakes. Do what you got to do, family. You know? But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, talk to your wife and... Do not get upset when you you talk to her about your feelings and it doesn't look 
how you want it to look. Maybe there's going to be some correction to come, which is the next point. Number three, stop getting defensive when your wife corrects you. I feel like this is one of the biggest things that men struggle with, especially men who were raised by mothers who at a certain point in their lives just stopped. Correct. Correcting. Yeah. And started enabling. Enabling. Not even enabling. Like Cause, oh, cause I know many moms. I know many moms who who got delinquent sons out here that will forever be like, "But that's my baby." I bet you those are Dominican moms. But that's my little. That's my <laughs> little baby. He would never know. Bro, son, your son got out here six baby moms. Hasn't paid child support. Hasn't in three paid months. child support, and it has an STD low key. <laughs> Don't talk to me about that's your little baby. Oh, man. It, exactly, man. Yo, I just a side note for the mothers out there, because let's just start out where, where many of these issues originate. If you are an overbearing, overprotective, enabling mother, you are setting that man's wife up for failure. It'd be the boy moms. it do. It'd be like, I, I, like I don't want to, you know, I'm a boy mom. I mean... <laughs> I'm a mom boy. Oh. <laughs> I was raised by my mom. Okay. 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 And I couldn't see where that comes from, but it, you know, thank God that I was I was raised, you know, a little bit differently. I wasn't enabled or coddled, but I just I know men that that like I said, if it doesn't get transformed, it gets transferred, and then it gets transferred to a relationship. And as you expect your your wife, your partner, your girlfriend to just coddle you for everything that you do. Yeah. And we do know. You know, boy moms that are doing exceptional jobs. For right, example, absolutely. shout shout out Yadi. You know, she's making it happen. Yes, sir. Right? But 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 here's the thing. I have seen many cases where what the woman does, the mother, and don't we're not gonna this is not for women. This is a point for men, I promise you. But I just wanna start here. They see all the things that their ex man did or didn't do. They see this boy with the same face as this man. And says, I will be damned if I raise the same man that did this to me. So they go through all of it. They become overprotective. They micromanage every little thing. This kid can't get hurt. This kid can't get a little bit of dirt on his knees. Mm-hmm. This can't get nothing. He can't get sick. Let that kid eat dirt if he has to. Let it happen. Let that kid learn on his own. Let it. Let him learn. Teach him lessons. Don't say, oh, that's okay, he's my baby. No, he's your baby now, but we forget that we're not raising babies, we're raising adults. I told somebody this once, and just like a little side note for for the single mothers. Some of you some of you women rather pick a good partner for yourself, but a terrible father for your child. Damn. Okay. Oh, but I, I just met this guy, John. John has no kids, no experience with kids. John Loki has a record, mm-hmm. but he looks good to you. Therefore, John is a very good candidate for you as a man. He might not be a very good candidate to be a stepdad. Ladies, if John is $30,000 in debt because he invested other people's money into the stock market, not knowing anything about what he's going to do, do you really think that that's a, the best person to get entangled with at this moment in time? And not just that. Give him a child. There's stepdaddy red flags, man. There really are, man. It's There are stepdaddy red flags. I feel like we ignore those flags most of the time because we see what we want to I see. I don't ignore those because I'm not looking for a stepdad. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What I'm saying is we see what we want to see. Yeah. We see whatever is right in front of us. Yeah. We can look a little bit deeper if we really wanted to. It's there. 
All we have to do is probe just a little bit. We don't because John John look good, so. Exactly. John John, you know, he makes it happen. Other women have talked about John John. Yeah, they talk about how Mm -hmm. big John is. How John John is, you know, and then we just... We just gotta be a little bit blind to the, yeah, to the and, then, and then we think we can fix. Well, we now we you guys think you guys can fix John, and those are the men that women end up resenting the most. And I feel like that is when overbearing starts with the child because it works for them. Bro, I'm telling you, that's when that's when raising this kid becomes a nightmare for that boy. Then in his future years, no girlfriend is good enough for his mom. Mm. Yep, and then he gets married, and it's like, but well, my mom's gonna sit in the front. Of the car. There's no college that's close enough because he has to be here. He has to be here. And then that dynamic, like you just said, mother versus wife mm-hmm. starts. Uh, this is when the monster-in-law stories begin mm-hmm. where the the wife is like, oh, she's overbearing. Mm-hmm. She does, she's always trying to one-up me. She's always trying to make it seem as though I'm not good enough. And then, and then. This woman ends up leaving this man because you were too much of a burden for him. Yep. And then, uh, as the years go by, this this kid might develop a resentment towards you, just because you didn't know where where it was appropriate to be a friend. Always be a mother, but sometimes that's all you can be. Don't try to be this kid's best friend all the time, because you're not going to be there forever. Yeah. Now, with that being said, going back to the, the original point. Yeah, because that's what it looks like. We just we just literally put, like took you guys on a trip of what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. We took you on a, on a trip as to why men get to this point. You know, yeah. if a man is being corrected by his wife and his first, in fact, let me put it this: if he doesn't respond, he reacts. There's an issue. Brothers, listen to me. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very direct with you. Your wife has a right to correct you. Yes, sir. Your wife is not beneath you. She is equal to you, equal in value. And if you chose a wife that you believe does not have the right to correct you because she's either stupid in your eyes, she doesn't have an whatever it may be, that says more about you than about her. Because why are you marrying women who you do not view as intelligent and whose opinion you do not value? I will say it every time. I once had this man that commented, I've been married for 28 years and my wife does not have any right to correct me because I am not her child. I'm like, bro, no one says that that's your, no one said that that's that's your mom. It's the lack of respect also. You know what that tells me? It tells me that this man thinks that he can do no wrong. And when you're that arrogant of a husband, two things can be true. Number one, she's miserable. Number two, she's probably cheating on you, and she doesn't care about you at this point. Because she probably tried to correct you at a certain time, and you just blew her off. You and every, just blew her off. And every time you made it clear, you don't have the right to talk to me like that. You don't have the right to correct me. You don't have the right to... Listen, yes, she does. I keep saying that there are certain rights that I feel that women have in marriages. Your girlfriend may be... Your wife, definitely. Mm-hmm. Your wife can definitely tell you when you're messing up. Like, yo, bro, come over here. You're messing up. What's going on? Yeah. There, there's there's 15 seconds on the clock. 15 seconds on the clock. We're winning. You have given them 17 turnovers. They're about to win the game. What's going on? You're messing up. We are go- we're doing so well, and, and you're not going to accept any any advice from the coach? What's going on? 
you are being an idiot. LeBron wouldn't take any advice from the coach, but <laughs> bro, LeBron has no space in this conversation. I'm sorry, but correction is like you you got correction is for your benefit. We got to stop looking at it like it's like like it's an attack every single time when it's not. Mm-hmm. Bro, oh, I got to pull up the Bible now. Okay, keep that's, talking, keep that's talking. Fine. Man. That's fine. Correction just it, it 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 it's for your own good. It's for your own benefits to help you become a better man. It's to help you become a better husband. She's not correcting you because she hates you or she hates seeing you fun or, or ha- having you fun or hates seeing you playing your game or she hates... No. She just wants to see you strive. She wants to see you strive and be the best version of yourself that you can be. Yeah. You got it? Nah, hold on. Keep going. All right. So this man is going to have me here bluff, fluffing, fluffing this conversation. Actually, I, just, I did find it. Good. Proverbs 12, 1. Of course it's in Proverbs. Bro, of course it's Proverbs. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates repuf, reproof, which is another word for discipline, right. is stupid. <laughs> Point blank, period. <laughs> I think that's the message version. Hold on. Let me just. I like the message sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes the message be throwing me off. Hold on. Yes, man. <clears throat> uh, let's see. It was still good though. It still got straight to the point. Okay. He, whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. No, nah, I don't like that one. That's King's James. King James. Yeah. Yep. I get it. Oh, I'm a King's James purist. Whatever. Yeah, I like it. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. That's a new international version. For those of you, if you don't want it any, that, that's as clear as it can go. If you are a man who hates correction, you are an idiot. Not me, not my words. Take it, Take up, it with up with God. Merch coming soon. Take it up with God. If you hate correction, you are dumb. Because at the end of the day, what you, what you don't understand is... Correction is meant to be a resetting your feet on the right path. You are you have been straying across the, the, the wrong path. And then the woman that you chose, this is what gets to me, the woman that you choose, the woman that you trust, if you don't trust her, you have bigger fish to fry. The woman that you trust, chose, and love has decided in all of the, the, the confidence that exists within the marriage to say, hey, baby, you're messing up. This can't keep going. And your initial reaction to that is to to get upset, to to badger her. Oh, but what about when you do this? Oh, my God. That gaslighting comes oh my God. quickly. That's not even gaslighting at that point, bro, because th- that's just straight up manipulation and, and turning the tables on her. Like, mm-hmm. no, no. Just like to all the men that want to comment on my videos talking about, oh, but what about women? We're talking about you. Bro, stop being such a baby. We're talking about you. I always give the example. Like, this is like if a parent comes to a room to tell, hey, listen, you haven't cleaned up your mess in the room. And then you point at your sister. Well, she hasn't washed the dishes. Bro, the dishes are going to get washed. And there's two dishes here. There's 145 shirts on your floor. You have to pick that up. We're talking about you right now. Because guess what? She's going to get the dishes done. And your 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 mess is still gonna be on the floor. That's another thing. I, like I, like for women, I'm pretty sure it must be such a turnoff to 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 be with a man or see with a man who doesn't know how to take any accountability. It has to be a turnoff because at the end of the day, listen. Okay, it's one thing to beat around the bush, right? Right. Maybe you want to get your point across. Oh, baby, it's because of this. 
And sure, open dialogue is encouraging. You still gotta marriage. do it. But bro, it's one thing to have open dialogue, and it's a whole different thing to, to like literally get mad at her <laughs> when she tries to talk to you about the same thing. Maybe this is an issue that you could have corrected in the past, but you got so in your head about what's going on that. You don't even let her get a word across. Mm-hmm. It's maybe it's a it's a it's a nerve, it's a sensitive spot for you, bro. Who cares? Be a man. Yes, be a man. Get get all out of your feelings, and give your wife the right to do what she ha- she can do, which is to talk to you about your issues. You're messing up. You're messing up, family. Because at that point, do you feel like you can tell your wife when she's messing up? They probably do. Let's say that let's what's an extreme example. Let's say that you see your wife with a group of friends that you know. It's always that one group of friends that you know. The the, the ones that drive the Altimas. Exactly. Bro. The <laughs> ones that are gonna poison her brain. The ones that are always talking trash about her about their husbands. The ones that you know damn well are cheating. Or the ones on. that don't even have husbands because they've on their like their third failed marriage. Always the single ones that want to give the relationship advice. Oh, leave that man, leave that man. Mm-hmm. Been you there. you as a husband. Have a right to tell her, I do not like it when you hang out with those people, with those women. Been there. You have a right to tell her that. If she's a a sensitive wife that's sensitive to whatever and trust in your leadership, she'll just ask you, why? What do you see? That maybe I'm not saying, well, how would you feel if I hung out with a bunch of men that keep talking trash about their wives, that you know are cheating on their wives, that and that are encouraging me to do the same thing? How would that make you feel? Well, I probably wouldn't want you to hang out with those men. That's exactly how I feel about that. Exactly, and not just and, and not just friends. Like, let's kick it up on our even family, family, bro. There's family members that I do not associate with. Me, my family members, because they are straight up dogs. They're straight up men and women yep. who who do not have any regard for the sanctity of marriage. People who, when I was getting married, when I got married when I was 22 years old, when I was getting married. They were like, "Oh, you're too young." You, you know, I I got I got divorced when I was this age. And I'm like, "Bro, you were cheating since you got married." Yeah. You never had a moment of remorse in your whole life. All you did was get married just for the sake of it you because you got her pregnant and you kept going. That woman didn't stand a chance. And then we want to act as though their sage advice is the best advice that we can follow. No. Right. No, sometimes like- you have to be a man and make decisions for yourself. Yep. But in this case, in this case, bro, the manliest thing you can do is stop following the culture of what man is supposed to look like, and start following the culture of what man has to look like, what God has said man should look like. Because at the end of the day, we do have a very good model, which is Jesus. The only thing Jesus didn't do was get married and show us what we have to look like. But even Literally. then, the Bible tells us to love our wives like Jesus loved the church. So even that, it's perfect there. Yeah. It, it it shows us that we are to go to the furthest ends for our wives. Even if Jesus did, let's say Jesus did get married too. I'm pretty sure dudes would still find a way to be like, yeah, but, you know, Jesus was perfect. Like, I'm not Jesus. That's not the point. The Bible said, and maybe this might be out of context, but the Bible did say that we would do greater things. Like, Jesus was just setting the the, the footprint. Well. For what we have to do, it is out of context, but I know. No, you're talking you about mean. miracles and talking about yeah, all these things. About- but I feel like also, even the things that aren't specified, God did give us a good guide to follow. Of course, and some of that does mean understanding that your wife has a right to correct you. Proverbs says, going back to Proverbs, favorite book in the Bible, it says that the wise woman edifies her house, her home, right? Mm-hmm. 
I always refer to this because I believe in the wisdom of women, especially wives. You see, I don't know if you got this happened when you were married. It happened to me, and I spoke to other men. I'm, I don't know. It's just a crazy thing that I'm thinking. When I got married, I had this insane, like out of nowhere, just came like brute strength just came to me. Like physical brute like strength? Like physical brute, brute strength. Like I could just do, like I have to get something done, boom, let's do it. Oh, we got to lift this? Don't worry, baby, I got it. Got to take care of this? Okay. And also the desire to be a provider. Yeah. And to never have my wife have to work. I'm not saying that she's never going to do it again. That's what it was for you. A couple things. But then I also believe that just like men get that that like innate sense to provide, women are blessed with wisdom beyond our understanding, which is why I always confide in my wife, hey, baby, what do you think about this? I want to do this, X, Y, and Z. For example, baby, I want to have a business. Okay, what do you know about that business? Have you educated yourself? Have you seen the pros and cons about it? Have you studied about it? Have you seen people who have failed about it? Have you learned from the... I'm like, whoa, I was just talking to you about what I want to do. She's like, yes, but you have to be intentional about it wise beyond her years. I feel like that wisdom can also be beneficial when it comes to correction. Mm-hmm. Because ladies maybe have to, you know, watch how you correct us because nothing turns a man off more than, you have to do this. Get it done. I'm getting yelled at. Getting yelled at. No, because we're not children. You know? If he's been messing up for a while, then that's up to your discretion. But nothing nothing really turns us off more than being talked down to. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, you're emasculating us. We're men. You're making us feel like we are less than. And we see that our role in the marriage has been stripped from us when you talk to us in a certain manner. So maybe do tone police yourself, right? But it doesn't take the fact away that you're right in what you're correcting him in. And that's when the man has to get out of his feelings. Don't listen to how she's saying it to you. Listen to what she's saying to you. Be very understanding of the fact that you have to improve. You have to be a lot more intentional about how you're moving forward in life. Your wife has a right to talk to you, to correct you. Say, hey, listen, I don't like those friends. Hey, listen, babe, I know this is going to be a very big shift for us, but maybe you need to get out of that shift at work because the people that you're hanging out with, they're not it. And, you know, not to call us weak-minded because at the end of the day, we do make the decisions. I have been in toxic work environments where I just walk away. Like, okay, yeah. this is what it's going to be like. I know I'm going to work here. I'm going to, but maybe you're a man who's not that strong yet, that all you've had in your whole life is unchecked friendships and you don't know how to check a friendship or you don't know how to remove somebody from your life. Your wife has a right to see those things, to call them out and say, this can jeopardize our marriage. This can jeopardize the way that I view you. You do. You never want your wife to stop seeing you as a man. Which is going to lead into the question of the day. Um. Let's say, you know what? Yeah, let's just go into the question of the day. All right, cool. So a user writes to us. It's a, it's a man. Hey guys, my wife recently told me she struggles to see me as a man anymore. I have never cheated, but this comes from a long history. I'm glad that he acknowledges this. A long history of neglecting my responsibilities as a husband. Although I have improved in the areas that she has pointed out, 
I still feel still feel her as distant. Any advice? Go off. I'll, I'll go off you. At this point, I just want to give you your flowers real quick, okay? At this point, I want to commend you for acknowledging that the reason your wife feels this way is just because um, your shortcomings, your neglect as a husband. You say you've never cheated. However, you have been, you know, not not stepping up, right? So I'm glad that you acknowledged it and you didn't shift the blame over to her. I'm also glad that you've done the work and you've improved in all of the areas that she pointed out to you. Two things that, that's where most men fail. They that, This is where their ship dies. They just stop caring. However, however, you need to understand that it was a long history of neglect that led your wife to feel this way about you. So, in my opinion, a long history of neglect is not going to be fixed by a short history of correction. It needs to go a little bit beyond that. Just like you gave your neglect some time to fester, you also have to give your improvement some time to be known, to be recognized. Because for all she, all you know, she can be thinking, oh, I've seen it happen before. He fixes this for a day or two. Then he goes back to how he was or even worse. I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen. I've seen it. Maybe she's just living off of the motions that you have created. The maybe the, maybe the atmosphere of your home looks like an atmosphere that lacks hope. Because all you did was suck the hope out of the house. Right. I've seen this happen in person. You at this point, and this is going to sound a little bit rough. You don't get to dictate how your wife feels or when she changes her view on you. That is something that you have to let happen on its own. Right. God has to be the one to shine through you. Because there's going to come a time, because don't, don't get me wrong, I do believe in redemption. There's going to come a time when she's going to notice, dang, this isn't the same man that would have me in tears. This isn't the same man mm -hmm. that would, you know, leave everything up to me. Yeah. It's going to happen in due time, but you cannot rush that. And you also have to accept the fact that you are in this position because of your own doing. And you got to, you got to, and if you need during the process any motivation as to keep going, I'm pretty sure during the process there will be fruits that will be shown. Of course. And that will be in itself at the moment your your motivation, should yeah. be your motivation. Yeah, a perfect example of that is like, let's say that, you're you're in a certain situation where in the past you have been known to drop the ball. But this time around, your wife is expecting you to drop the ball, but you don't. You step up, you take care of things, and she doesn't even have to do anything about it. That's gonna catch her off guard. And that is actually when her shift, her her mentality is gonna start to reset and shift towards mm -hmm. a new man. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, didn't see that coming. He always usually messes up here. Mm -hmm. I, I can see that he's doing the work. It's going to happen in the way that you address her, your tone of voice, the way that you carry yourself is very important. Don't live with the mentality of what was me. Live with the mentality of it's okay. It's my fault. I'm going to get through this. 
carry yourself with a certain level of maturity and manliness that she feels safe with you. Because mm-hmm. right now, what, what I'm hearing is, it's not that she doesn't see you as a man, it's that she just doesn't feel safe. She doesn't feel protected by you. Right. Because if it was, you know, cheating, I would say that she, you know, doesn't see you as a man. But since it's your, your neglect as a husband, as responsibilities as a husband, she doesn't feel protected by you. Remember, we're priests, protectors, and providers. If you fail at those things, she will not see you as a man. Whatever that actually looks like, but it's like you know, it's like Johan says, you gotta, you gotta start doing the work yourself. Even if even if that's not gonna receive you any applause, even if that's not gonna receive you anything, you gotta do the work for yourself. And for the better of your relationship, and even if even if there's some things that she herself may lack, you might also just see because you are the leader. She might follow pursue, and even she might decide to tweak some things about herself that maybe you were graceful enough to maybe not bring up yourself, but maybe were bothering yourself, and you realize how the issue automatically just changes in itself because you decided as a man to be the leader and change by yourself. Of course, because again, as leaders of the household. The way that we're doing, the way that we operate, affects the flow of everything. Everything. So if we fix that, start to make tweaks here and there. Again, your wife is not expecting perfection. She's not because she knows that that's not something you can't pull off. She can't pull it off either. She's expecting a certain level of competence. Once you start giving that to her, she's going to notice that you are exactly what she signed up for, mm-hmm. and that's a blessing. Now, with that being said, I do want to. Just address something here. All right. This is the end of the program. It's the last program of the year. And we have been kind of, you know, rough with the guys. That we do that because we do that because we care, you know? You've been rough with the guys. However, however, I do want to say this. If you have been feeling down, just like this man has, right? If you have been feeling as though you have been failing your whole life, your whole marriage. And you have been doing corrections here and there. Just just know that you're seen. You're not alone. Your wife is noticing. Your kids have seen the shift. Maybe not enough to the point where you're exalted for it, mm-hmm. but they do see the change. I want you to stop beating yourself up over things that eventually are going to fix themselves. You know, you, you failed in an XYZ way. You're a man. You're going to fail. However, you're putting in the work, which is more than most people are doing. The fact that this man is messaging me, talking about his problems, he feels a certain way, that shows me that he wants to change and that he wants a good household. He wants his wife to feel protected by him. And not all of the guys that are listening here that want to do better for their wives, they want the same thing. They want their wives to feel loved and protected by them. And, bro, next year, n- next year starts today. Exactly. Don't... Don't wait, wait until, the, till, until Sunday. Oh, January 1st, now New Year. Now I can do this. Bro, you might not get that New Year. A lot can happen in, what, four days? Mm-hmm. A lot can happen. Lawyers be ready. That's Lawyers true. don't take breaks. Nope. So just, I, I, for any man that is doing the work or is trying to put in the work, we see you because, I'm going to be honest, the, one of the things about being a man is that you don't always get recognition or get applauded for the things that we do. When nobody's watching. This is true. We don't. And we we got to be okay with that. We got to be okay with that because the fruits of the fruits of what we do in darkness, they shine amongst what it is out in the light. 
if that makes sense. What we do in the darkness, what we do when nobody's watching, what we do when when our wives aren't around to tell us to do something and we just do it because it comes from us and nobody's there to see and be like, wow, I see you doing something that nobody even told you to do. Yeah. Man, here's the thing. We can't live for what other people recognize us for. We can't. That's not something. Lecrae once said, if we live for acceptance, you'll die from the rejection. That's right. I did just look that up. That's okay. I did just look that up because I thought about it. You're not going to get recognized in everything that you do, just like Oscar's saying. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be at the pedestal of everyone. Yeah. Eventually, maybe, maybe your wife is going to put you where you belong. And even if she doesn't, it's just do what the, you the, do. the thank you in itself is just the reward of being in a healthy, good marriage. Yes. That is the thank you. At the end of the day, we always say actions speak louder than words. I'd rather a wife I'd rather my wife show me how good of a husband I am than tell me. Even though my words I my love language is words of affirmation. It's nice to hear. Mm-hmm. The point I'm trying to make is that don't don't wait for the words. Just enjoy the fruit. Just enjoy the reward. That when your kids go up to you and be like, I love you, dad. You're such I'm so happy you're my dad. Mm-hmm. If anything, let your reward be a job well done. Yeah. By yourself, like you know, you knowing that you did a good job, you did as best as you could. Yeah, knowing that whether they recognize it or not, let that be your reward. I did it today. Like today marks the end of this job. Let's go with the next one. Yeah, and you're gonna be a fulfilled man. But above all, above all, let God be your reward. Let God be the one that says a job well done, well done, my son. You did a good one. All the improvement God knows. God knows where you can improve on. He knows where yeah. you're going to improve upon. The days that you don't find strength anywhere else, even sadly, your family, rely on God. Because if you do that, you will you are going to be the most satisfied human being, the most satisfied person ever. You're going to be a happy man. And then that happiness, once it ex- it's exuding out of you, is going to transfer over to your family. And that's going to cause a chain reaction of gratefulness that you're going to be, uh, going to benefit from. That's my way of, thing, of seeing things. Um, all I'm saying is look up, chin up. It's going to be fine. Put in the work, and you're going to see the results. You got this, bro. All right, so that was the end of this program. Uh, for all of you listening, I hope you had a good Christmas. And um, I really hope you have a great New Year's. Spend time with your family. Listen to our advice, <laughs> and you're going to be fine. 2020, 2024 is going to be a... Ugh, don't even say it, man. 2024. <laughs> Golly. Hey, yo, it's just... The other day when I when I realized like what we were in, in life, I was like... And we're about to go into... We're about to go into part... Tw- we're about to go into part 26 of 1997. Wow. That's how I just... That's how I just looked at it. It's just... It's a continuation of your life. You're the main character of your own life, man. No matter what nobody else's New Year's resolutions is. It's just a part whatever of the year you were born. That's true. <laughs> That's true, man. You got to you gotta keep a certain level of relevance, you know, to yourself. All right, what's going on? What are we doing? What are we doing? Um, well, we're finishing. We're finishing. <laughs> but we got a lot of plans for you guys. Hopefully, you guys can support us. All through ye- all through the year, all through the next year round, we thank you for the ones who supported us 
since we started, what, in July? Yep. And here we are. All right. So y'all have a great one. This has been Staying Comfortable, and Happy New Year.